In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope your day is going beautiful. Hope the sun is shining. Hope the birds are singing. I hope you have something to look forward to, someone to love, and something to do. I wanted to talk to you today about this transition that I see happening. It's sort of like the transition of Newspeak in the book 1984. The same way that Newspeak was a way to stop critical thinking in the novel 1984. The same way that Newspeak was a cancer on the society that stopped real conversation from happening, so too is the movement in capitalism. I'll call it emotional capitalism. Taking away from the proper procedure of goods and services. Let me try to flesh that out. I know that didn't make a whole lot of clarity or as much clarity as I wanted it to. I think that we are moving into this idea of emotional capitalism. And let me explain what I mean by that. Like today, the power structures, be it economics, be it schools, the leaders, the politicians, everybody in the power structure today Instead of trying to capitalize for the sake of profit or for the sake of profit, instead of using the economic process of rationality, working hard, building a business, creating a product or selling a service, you know, we used to have this idea that you, you become productive, you work hard, you create something, and it's built on a rational foundation. You must make something in order to, you must produce a good if you want to sell that good, a tangible thing, a tangible service. But it seems that we have gone way out into this world of abstraction. And now, 
instead of having these tangible goods, you know, a rational product, we're now beginning to mine emotional products. Let me try to flesh that out even more. It seems to me that today's regime deploys emotions as resources. Whatever that means, sure, he's crazy as mad as a hatter. What difference does it make? You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. And they do this in order to bring about heightened productivity and achievement. You know, there used to be these ideas of measuring performance through the amount of goods. But now it seems the tools that people are using are, are almost more like a abstract ideas like a everyone everyone in a leadership position now is like a motivational coach and it seems that we're relying more on emotions than rationality it seems that at a certain level of production rationality which is the medium of disciplinary society it hits a limit there's a rational limit to what we can do. There's a rational limit to what we can produce. There's a rational limit to how much people can create something. You hit that hard wall of reality. Henceforth, it is experienced as a constraint, an inhibition. Right? When something is not realistic, we tend to stop thinking about it. And that's usually a good thing. Like, I understand wanting to chase your dreams. I understand wanting to see yourself at lim as limitless. But there are times when that's incredibly irrational. Right? Should one person ha be a trillionaire? I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's kind of irrational. Can one person be a multi-trillionaire and everyone that works for them just be a peasant? It's possible, but it's irrational. And for multiple reasons. Like it's not good for society. It's not good for the it's not good for the <laughs> for everyone underneath them that's a peasant. It's really not good for the trillionaire. They become this eccentric weirdo that just ends up living a pornographic lifestyle. So when we experience rationality as a constraint, as an inhibition, it seems, it begins to suddenly seem rigid and inflexible. So think about those words. We went from rationality, which is usually a good thing, and rationality in business has always been something that people have strived for. And now all of a sudden, it's become rigid and inflexible. Well, those two words don't go real good in the business world. Rigid and inflexible don't seem to be traits that people in positions of authority want. Would you rather be rigid and inflexible or would you rather be flexible and fluid? Right? Flexible and fluid seem to be the ideas of the new emerging tech and the new ideas of technology. They're fluid. Same way gender, people are talking about gender being fluid. You see, so 
I am, I am trying to illustrate to you the way in which emotionality has given us a new vocabulary that applies not only to technology, but lifestyle. Not only to lifestyle, but the world. And not only to the world, but the ideas that people and the next generation will be inhibiting, will be putting out there. Fluidity versus rigid. Flexibility versus inflexible. And those sound good until you begin to think that, wow, those are kind of irrational. Those ideas, while beautiful, are incredibly irrational. You're probably thinking, well, who cares, George? Better to be irrational and shoot for the stars than to be rigid and stay on the earth. Maybe. Maybe. What happens when you get way too far out on the edge of irrationality? Well, God, I guess you're my best friend, being I invented you. You believe in God, Charles? Sure. I believe in myself. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> Which one? Are you Jesus Christ? What's, what's Jesus? There's all kinds of Jesuses. There's a black Jesus down in Florida. He's having a good time. There's a Mexican Jesus in Mexico. I mean, there's all kinds of Jewish Jesus. I mean, Jesus, you know. There's all kinds of Jesus coming back everywhere. And nothing can stop it. It's a consciousness that lives in your mind. Da, 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 you know. Nothing makes sense. When you get way out in the world of the irrational, you find yourself in a world of make-believe. And doesn't that kind of seem like where we're at right now? Doesn't it seem to you like the world in which you live is kind of full of shit? Doesn't it seem like the world in which you live is incredibly irrational? Those making millions or billions of dollars are selling you fictional products. They're selling you widgets. They're selling you an emotion. We're moving from a world where there were things, tangible things, into a world of non-things. We're selling stories. I'm brand new. Everything I do is always brand new. I'm on the premise of reality. It's as if the marketing team of every corporation has not only taken over the management, has not only taken over the company, but is now taken over the product and they have decided that the same way they use marketing to market you bullshit, now they're going to market you and sell you a bullshit fake product. It's irrational. How much different is the iPhone 15 from the iPhone 11? All that's changed is the numbers. Hey, it's got a few more megapixels. It's got a bigger screen. It's got a thinner film. You see, it's irrational. The marketing, the way in which we're moving, we're moving way out on the irrational limb of the tree. It's irrational to be there. It's going to snap and break down. And that's what's happening across the world is that the breakdown of the irrationality the irrational goals of Wall Street, the irrational goals of the politicians, the irrationality of the world in which we live can no longer sustain. Here's one for you. Irrational exuberance. These are the terms being used 
by the greatest minds of our economy. You know, the Federal Reserve, the Bank of International Settlements. Whenever there's a giant bubble, there's irrational exuberance. What the fuck does that mean? Irrational exuberance? It means that it's all bullshit. It's a scam. You're being lied to. Give me your money and I'll give you this box of magic beans. It's all magic beans. Here's an interesting quote I read. There's, an, there's a great philosopher. Everybody, I recommend that you check out Young Chul Han. There's a great quote in this book. And he talks about what is the role of emotions in economic action. It is the anxiety provoked by an inscrutable divinity, which is at the heart of the capitalist entrepreneur's frantic activity. Anxiety and guilt are not emotions. They are feelings. Consumer capitalism operates through the selling and consumption of meanings and emotions. I want to read that again because I want everyone just to take some time to think about this. Consumer capitalism operates through the selling and consumption of meanings and emotions. Consumer capitalism operates through the selling and consumption of meanings and emotions. It is not use value, but emotive or cultic value that plays a constitutive role in the economy of consumption. Look at the billboards. Look at the magazines. Look at the television. Look at the ideas on Twitter. Look at the short sound bites that are out there to control the meaning of a narrative. Listen to the talking heads that are paid by multinational corporations that want you to consume rather than contemplate. Think about the idea of beauty. I want you to think about a beautiful woman or a beautiful man or a beautiful child. Think about a beautiful sunset. Is that something you contemplate? Or is it something you consume? Emotional capitalism no longer wants you to contemplate anything. There's no money in contemplation. The selling and the consuming is where the world of economics wants you to live your life. Think about the 140 characters, the TikTok sound bites. There's just enough there for you to consume, like a chocolate bonbon. You take it in your mouth and chew it up, and it's delicious, and now you want another one. Or now you have enough fuel to go take another soundbite from another video. Beauty. Actual concepts worthwhile are worth contemplating. That's why it's important to take a lot of time to sit down and think critically about that which you love. Take time, sit down and think critically about what is important. Think critically about your long-term goals. Don't consume as much as you should contemplate. Anything worthwhile is worth contemplation. 
A life worth living is worth contemplation. A life of consumption. is a life not worth living. A life of consumption is a life without thinking. A life of consumption is wasteful. And if you listen to this, you're better than that. Contemplate instead of consume. Seek to be rational instead of being infected with irrational exuberance. Think about the people around you. What are they saying? Help them think more clearly. Ask questions. Be caring. Try to make everyone around you better. I think these are ways you can detach from the consumer mindset. Strive to be rational. I'm not saying you can't enjoy the beauty of emotions. Or be taken by waves of irrational beauty. But understand that these fleeting emotional states are there for a reason. And if you find yourself playing only in emotions, I think you'll find yourself in a lonely place. Emotions are something that you should be able to experience. And ultimately... Once you experience them, you should contemplate them and understand what it is that emotion is trying to tell you. What is it you're supposed to learn from that experience? We're not supposed to be in a constant state of fear, anxiety, or emotional overwhelming or or an overwhelming emotion. These states make us unable to think about the future. These states keep us in a permanent sense of wondering. These states keep us from becoming the best possible person we can. They are part of us. They are worthwhile. And they are beautiful to have. But when we allow a third party to hijack that emotion to sell us something, when we allow a third party to hijack our emotions and put a thought in our mind. We're doing not only ourselves an injustice, but everyone around us. We're doing our family an injustice. We're doing our neighbors an injustice. It's important that you think for yourself. It's important to understand what it is that these people are trying to implant in your mind using emotional triggers. When you see someone acting out of emotion, they're acting irrational. I'm not saying it's always bad. But when you think about a child laying on the ground, throwing a tantrum, that's an irrational emotion. That's an irrational response to a situation they have no control over. And I fear That seems to be the strategy in which emotional capitalism is working on everyone. It seems that we're filled with a world full of giant babies throwing temper tantrums. And I think it's by design. I think there's so many 
triggers and so many millions of dollars behind advertising campaigns that have found a way to penetrate the way you think and force you to act irrational. They force you to believe in some things that mean nothing for your life. Right? Selling consumption, selling and consuming of meanings and emotions. That's what corporations do today. They're selling you meanings and emotions. Those are the very two things that make you human. And they're being capitalized on. You don't need someone to sell you a meaning. You should be coming up with your own meaning of what is right. Your own meaning of what is true. Your own meaning of what is just. You are responsible for your own emotions. You are responsible for your own happiness. You are responsible for your own awareness. You are responsible for your own tragedies. You may not control what happens to you, but you and you alone get to control the meaning of that event. And if you can remember that, it will help pull you through some of the darkest times. That's what I got for today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for your time. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your weekend. we got some great shows coming up, some ideas about virtual reality versus spiritual reality, some ayahuasca awakenings, and a lot of surprises coming up in the near term and the long term. It's been a phenomenal year for the True Life Podcast. I love each and every one of you. I hope you have a tremendous day. Aloha. I walk a real, a real road. I'm a real person inside. I'm not a phony. I don't put on no airs. I say what I think. You see what I'm saying? Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge, and I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now, and it's been so rewarding to me that I just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. Think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.